Welcome to the Divine Spark, Sparked Conversations podcast. It's so lovely to have you with us today. So my name's Kim and I'm going to introduce Sarah Lee and you'll get to know her more through the podcast as well if you haven't already listened to our former podcast. Go and have a listen after this one. But Sarah Lee is my partner in crime and we have some wonderful conversations in these moments. So Sarah Lee, how are you today? Uh, kia ora, Kim, and kia ora koutou te um, Yeah, I'm pretty good today. It's nice and mild down in the deep south. I'm just enjoying sitting out, um, looking out my window, sitting outside, looking at the birds. Yeah, it's a lovely day. Lovely to be here, Kim. I'm excited about today's kōrero and our guest. I know. <laughs> we have got a special guest, actually. And you may remember um, right back in our first podcast, we mentioned that as part of our Tarot school, we have level four students. They're the highest level that we're working with at the moment. That will grow as we grow the program. But we decided way back then, Sarah Lee and I, when we were talking about the podcast, that we thought it would bring huge value to these conversations to bring each and every single one of those students that are currently in our level uh, four to row school into the conversation and just allow the conversation to be whatever it wants to be on that day. Well, we have our first student with us and her name is Erica, Erica McCready. And it's just happened so beautifully and organically that she's our first student on. But she's not just a student. This lady is a teacher in her own right, a healer in her own right, a student as we are in Tarot. All three of us are the students in Tarot. Um, she's a facilitator and she's a leader to some of the other uh, levels that we're working with. And she does her own work as well, and it's incredible work. And as we've gotten to know Erica, uh, we've just found her to be not only a wealth of her own Indigenous knowledge and very wise, considered uh, uh, work, which she brings from such a place of heart and such a place of love. I, You know, there's certain people that you meet in your journey that really remind you of how important this path is and how lucky we are to be sharing it. And Erica, you're very, very much one of those people. And you're joining us from Australia. Sarah Lee and I are in New Zealand, if you didn't know, if anyone else didn't know. And Erica is joining us from Australia. Whereabouts in Australia are you, Erica? Hello, everybody. Hello, Kim and Sarah. What an absolute honour to be on your podcast. Thank you so much for such a lovely, heartfelt and uh, emotional for me introduction. <laughs> um, I am in Meijing, which other people know as Brisbane. And I am a Māori woman who grew up in Australia. I came over here when I was five. Um, and have moved about this great land of Australia um, for 
almost 30 years, over 30 years now. So I, can I just say um, I just want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land and seas where I live and work, which are the yeah. Turnbull, Yagara and Jagara nations, and also acknowledge who I come with, Ngāti Rokoa Te Aitanga Hauti, and um, my English ancestry as well. And just acknowledge anybody who is listening in this space and your ancestors and where it is that you come from. Thank you. Oh, see why we love her? <laughs> Manawahine. <laughs> Manawahine. Um, that's just beautiful, Erica. Thank you. Well, everything that you come with and who you come with, including yourself, um, I know is going to be so valuable to the conversation today. So we got together before we came on to record today and we really just sat and became present with what's most what's most pressing for us on the 24th of October, 2021. What's sitting in our heart what's sitting in our experience and what things are we experiencing together and something very powerful and um beautiful and 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 confronting <laughs> and and pivotal stepped forward for all of us and we're, we're having a combined experience really so we realized this was a beautiful place to go and it's to do with decisions decision making um, empowerment, disempowerment within decision-making. Um, and then we'll start with calling it decision-making. It may evolve into something much more. We'll allow that to kind of take place within the discussion. Um, but really finding our way with the decisions that are pending current and will be part of our experience of being alive, really, in 2021 and beyond. So, Erica, are you happy to start that conversation with something you shared with us before that Sarah Lee and I both went, we're right there with you and reflected back our experience of that as well around a um, experience you've had with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um at the moment, I'm sitting in a place of, I guess, processing a decision that has actually gone on for many, many, many months and feeling like the decision was placed upon me and that I had no power within it at all. Mm. And I think I can, I can say that confidently now because I have taken, I've made a decision and I've taken action and moved forward. And only now can I look back and reflect on how much that decision uh, put a weight on me and how much it um, took or, or I let it take, should I say, let it take my power in my ability to, to uh, navigate the right way forward for myself, even though it was a very, I felt like I was backed into a corner and it was a very small space. Um, so from that, from that space, I kind of thought, you know what, I don't want to make a decision from a place of completely powerless because I feel like the action I take within that decision then becomes a powerless action and then a powerless next step and then a powerless step after and so on. And I really wanted to tackle that for myself. Um, and it, that's why it took months and months because at first I was like, nope I'm you know really resisting and I was like absolutely not going to do that 
um, digging my heels into the ground um, until I, you know, started to move through that. And I was like, okay, well, what would it look like if I chose this option or what would it look like if I chose this option? And, and just sitting with myself and how I felt in my body and how I felt in my heart. And the most important thing for me through that was to um, put myself in once the decision was made, having the power to then take the steps and essentially leave the, the weight behind, you know, let it, let it go with the decision I make. So I wanted to make a decision within a space of um, full uh, permission for myself, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And and what really shone through what you've just said there, for me, Erica, much of it did, much of it shone through, but particularly when you said this decision carried a heavy, heavy weight with it. And, you know, when we look at the scales, you know, we've just come out of Libra season and Libra season is the scale. So equal weight on this side of the decision, equal weight on that side of decision and you put both of those together, that's a heavy, heavy weight. And and what I, I heard you say is that once you came to the point of an empowered place and created the room for that and gave yourself the chance to change your mind uh, and reflect on why you were resistant um, forces beyond your control were pending, but you really took it upon yourself to empower your final decision in that moment and have it come from a place of I'm making this decision based on where I am and the information that I have um, from a place of my choice in this moment. Yeah, that sounds like a really a real manner enhancing place to to move from. Erica, you know, doesn't it? Mm. And and would you say that the time that you took to allow that to move through your body over the months before making that decision for you was a big catalyst for for that process for you? Is allowing that time? Yes, absolutely. It is on reflection, but I think at the time, um, you know, patience is my biggest lesson, which is perhaps lifelong. So I, I, I think I, um, I went through different stages, definitely resistance and, and therefore ignoring that I had yep. a decision to make mm-hmm. uh, and burying that decision and, and kind of toddling along. But I actually put it in my kit and had it on my back. Um, and then I'd come to another space where it would kind of be in my face and I would be like, okay, I really need to, you know, come to a decision here um, and so, yeah, it was definitely a process in, in that. And I can reflect back now and I, I, um, I don't begrudge the time it took because it mm. needed all of yeah. that time, mm. uh, to be able to come to that empowered place, as you say, Kim, and be, and know that I was making the decision not to take the baggage along with me. Yes. Mm. Yes. And, 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 and. I just think that's so vital for everyone to reflect on because there's no right or wrong in a decision-making process. 
and and often when we are backed into a corner because that that happens so so often um, to us, but we don't realise that it's happening. We can often think that we've got a choice and we haven't really. Um, but within that, there's always a choice. So finding where your power lies and then making it and saying that you know what, I'm not making this choice out of fear because you've given yourself time. The people that go, right, I'm doing this, and I'm not even Mm. thinking that there's another option there, not to say that it's right or wrong, but it can be from a place of fear. When you've taken the time to weigh everything, when you've taken the time to reflect, when you've taken the time to listen, you know, to your body, like you say, to your heart, and this is exactly what the three of us have come to, that we did this same process in different ways, but also leaving room for the divine to speak, When you create that room, you're not only giving yourself room to figure out what you want, you're acknowledging that there is a co-creative partner in that decision that's walking with you. And how does that co-creative partner show up for us? Sarahly, how did it show up for you in the process? Gosh, oh gosh, in many different ways. Um, Like, like listening to you, Erica, I'm like that the freedom of making the decision. Like I, I I can hear and feel the freedom that came with when you made the decision. And I really relate to that. Um, it's the indecision where the heaviness and the pain and the raru raru sits yeah. is in the indecision. And I've really experienced that in the in the in the in the in the, in the months that we've just come, you know, we're coming up to is is the indecision in the bag getting heavier and heavier and <laughs> Um, and and then the freedom that I felt once a decision was made, there was lots of other feelings that come up in my tinana, um once, once you know, I too made a decision, but that's all part of the process, you know, and, and just allowing that time for it to, to uh, move through uh, my body and, you know, I'm able to... Um, let it move me, continue to move me forward and not leave me in a in a pause of but what do I do here? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and and start to um doubt what, what's happening within me. And um my keeping my um spiritual practices and processes has been paramount in that in that leading up to making the right decision for myself, staying completely connected and taking actions daily, daily practiced actions to connect into my tupuna and the whenua and and my atua and whoever I who I connect with daily that helps me make those decisions has been um, been what the saving grace is being able to move through this with dignity and grace and not swap into the um, you know the the people over here that are uh, making decisions left, right and centre collectively and the loud noise of this group of people over here saying you should do this and should do that and should do this and that. Um, it's been uh, being led by my um, my spirit team, I want to call it, um, that's given me the, um, the mana to just stay firmly rooted into my decision every step of the way, mm-hmm. you know. Otherwise... Um, I get quite terrified when I think if I wasn't tethered to to my tupuna and my ancestors and the divine that I oh gosh I could have reacted and made all sorts of crazy decisions in the last few months as a result of what's happening outside of me, yes. you know. Um, yes. Yeah. So I'm so glad to not be doing life on my own. Uh, I can tell you that. <laughs> Well, we can't. I mean, but that's what engenders the fear, isn't it? When we feel that we're alone, 
um, you know, we, you know, we've got to walk this path alone. And, and what I love about what what I heard you say there, Sarah Lee, is what I feel actually is such a sense of self love, and it, it goes back to what Erica was talking about: taking the time to make that decision is an act of self love, mm. taking the time to re-engage with your soul and your spirit, to come to the right place with inside of you is such an act of self-love. And, and mm. even, you know, even allowing, and, and I want to speak to this with my own experience, one of the biggest acts of self-love that I allowed myself, because as you say, there's a din that's that's forcing you and making you feel like you have to do it, do this decision now, make this decision now, do it now, do it now. And, and in fact, in some ways, there's the din of that, but there's the din of that asking other people to pressure people into that. So there's there's a real pressure here, but it takes a huge amount of self-love to push all of that off. Give yourself space, give yourself time, and allow yourself at least for a time to be resistant. And it echoes what you said, Erica. I was really resistant and I dug my heels in and there was no way I was going to choose a certain option. No way on the face of this planet. But it became clear to me that that was from, yes, fear. Yes, the unknown. Yes, not completely taking on board the other side of that equation. I was just going by what I felt was right for me in that moment. But I needed to take a journey with it. So allowing yourself for a time to be really uncomfortable really undecided, I don't know, allowing yourself to say when everyone else is so fucking certain this way or that way, in these times, allowing yourself to say, I don't fucking know and you need to leave me alone in my not knowing until I know. That is an act of self-love and that is an act of sovereignty. Oh, my God, that's actually the past that the three of us have been, like, fully on together, which has been so beautiful, you know. And, and, and oh, I, 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 just, I just am so grateful for these conversations and actually the, the importance of the, that they need to be had yes. and that people get to um, hear, hear this, you know, wisdom and medicine because um, – there's lots of stuff that people are hearing at the moment and there's lots of fear and there's lots of people reacting to that fear and that, um, you know, and people feeling forced yep. to, and, and to making big life-changing decisions that go against all sorts of things that are happening within them, you know. Um, yeah, so I'm just so blessed to be having this conversation with you ladies. Me too. And, and Sarah Lee, I just want to ask both of you, and I'll come in after that as well. Um, you were very clear, and I think this is such a feminine response because what I believe is happening here, what I believe, this is just my <laughs> humble and very personal belief, at the back of everything else is the divine feminine is rising. She's rising, and she's rising big, and she's rising strong right through the centre of these fucking big decisions. She's rising. And what you spoke to from that, Sarah Lee, that really sung out to me when we were talking before we started recording, was that there was actually a grieving process involved here. 
Now, how much more feminine can you get? So we're not feeling it up here. We're not making this decision from our head and going, yes, right, it's done, it's made, move forward, move on. You embodied this decision to such a degree that you grieved. Not Mm. to say I've made the wrong decision, not, but just feeling like there's a grief here that I don't need to... I don't need to figure out. I just need to allow it. You can't get more feminine than that because that's the dif- dif- difference between embodying the process that you've gone through, embodying the mm. decision that's been made for right or wrong, and there's neither. It's both and neither. But feeling the grief, allowing that grief. Can you talk to that a little bit, Sarah Lee? Because I feel like that's important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for bringing that into the conversation, Kim. Um I, I did share with you ladies, I, I, I came to a decision and, and I made the decision and I made it and it took a really long time for it to ruminate and move through my body because I don't, I try to never make decisions from the top two inches of my mahunga. I, I, I try not, to, I've done that for years back in the day and it got me into all sorts of trouble and my walker would crash into all sorts of things. <laughs> and I now know that I don't make good decisions in the top two inches of my mahunga in my head. I have to I have to drop down into my manua, into my heart, and then I have to drop down again into my puku and into my womb, and I have to embody my feelings and really understand them and, and know what's true for me before I action anything. And so uh, taking the time over the months to um, embody, you know, uh, the, these big um, decisions that were being uh, pushed, you know, around in, in, in my uh, space, I I came to a place where I made the decision, but what I wasn't prepared for was this huge sense of grief that was going to come with the decision that I made. And it actually, it it floored me and I couldn't couldn't stop the tears from coming. I couldn't stop, um, you know, it was such a deep surrender. I felt it not only in my whole wairua, in in my bones, in my being, but it, like collectively, like the planet, like the whenua, like I was just like, oh my God, there was just big, heavy grief. And that came with after I made my decision, you know, I was like, wow, okay, this is interesting. Um, where's, where's the freedom from the bondage of self where I was, I thought I was just going to be like, yeah, here's, here's the freedom from all that indecision. You know, you're supposed to feel like this after you've made the decision. I didn't. I felt grief. And I cried for days and I took time off work and I get emotional talking about it, just looking at you beautiful ladies. And I, and, and I, I just, it's the feeling that I'm getting collectively from everyone else in the same position as we are with making such big decisions in our lives at this, at this time, the way the world is. And um, I know a part of that grief has got to do with um, the fact that there are a lot of people out there that don't have a spiritual connection and they don't have that rich relationship yet or they've never established or had one. And so, um, you know, the fear sits with everyone and people are just reacting to that. And there's a big grief around seeing people that you love in your life, you know, um, as well. So um, interesting that... Um, that that has been a really big process for me, but I never shy away from when it shows up, you know, it's like, there's a reason it's here, just be with it. And, and so that's pretty much been my, my week. <laughs> it's lots yeah. of, lots of crying, lots of resting, lots of allowing. Yeah. yeah. Just, you can't get more feminine a response than that. 
making the vessel, making the time, creating the space mm. and just allowing that right there is the feminine flow. So that's such a beautiful response to it all. Erica, talk to us about where you sit with that. Um, I want to say thank you for bringing grief into the conversation mm. because when we make a decision and, and then have an outpouring of an, an emotion that, that may feel unexpected, it can wrong us. Yeah. It can feel like we've wronged ourselves and take us into a deeper space. What I'm hearing from what you're sharing is the fact that you're, you are honouring the grief of the decision that you've made and allowing it to be mm. without, without judgment, without going somewhere else with it, without, without it carrying you somewhere else and just acknowledging that all of the things come with it. Because as you say, it, that freedom um, of making a decision and freeing yourself from the need to make a decision is not necessarily a straightforward process or a tick box situation where you're like, great, that's done now. Okay, <laughs> off, off we go, you know. Yeah. Um, it's so not yeah. just mental gymnastics, is it? No. Sarah Lee's <laughs> having a full body response to, to the decision that she's made. And that, again, here's the ephemeral quality of the feminine. It's not interested in whether that decision was right or wrong. And it, you know, like, like I say, we're not getting into that. It's not interested in what's going to happen next. We're just fully present to the emotion mm. that it's eliciting now with a real surrender. That's the word that you used, Sarah Lee, with a real sense of surrender that that very, that very response is meaningful, purposeful, and leading us somewhere. Absolutely. Mm. And it has a language to share with me, and I just have to, you know, uh, allow it to, to speak. And... Um, and I love that about uh, being present and being embodied and being with my breath because there's been decades where I was so unembodied that I would have just put that in a box and gone, oh, that was a weird reaction, what a sook, you know, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and just bypassed that whole process. And um, there's so much wisdom that comes out of really sitting and allowing that language to come through and to speak. Yeah. I've, well, you, you yeah, use medicine. the word medicine. I feel like, mm. you know, and often the release is the medicine, the tears are the medicine, mm. the, the feelings we can't bring words to, we just feel them, is the medicine. That's the medicine. Yeah. Mm. There's a couple of things that come to mind. Kim, you speak often and um, we're sitting in level four very much in the energy of the high priestess. Yes, and you you say often and you and um, about the fact of observing. Yes, to, to sit and observe what is around you, what is happening to you, as opposed to in my mind that feels like as opposed to stepping into the chaos and yep. becoming a part of it. Yeah, and then being in the top two inches of your mahunga <laughs> and 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 being in this whirlwind space. Yeah. Um, sitting back and observing allows so much more, yes. and and you know you 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 get to take that's where you get to take your time um, to process through things because you're able to have this observed space. Yes. Um, and what we're talking about here, it, 
you know, is any decision that we have to make in our life, whether it's having the blue one or the red one in terms of, you know, like a a flavour of something. I want both. So (laughs) I'm going to sit there and be like, I don't know which one. And, you know, for all of life is like decisions are hard. Yes. Um, You know, as a child, which ice cream am I going to have? It's a hard decision. The world's going (laughs) to, you know, something's going to happen if I don't choose which one. And so I feel like we're very much conditioned into this, make the decision and move on, make the decision yes. and move on. Yes. As opposed to make the decision and go, oh, damn it, I don't, you know, I, you know you're grieving a part of the other option. Yeah. It's like mm. you're grieving a part of the other part that, yes. that, that you've decided to go this way. Erica, um, and, and I think that there is such a, a pivotal uh, reflection mm. because, um, and I want to share what I shared before, that here's an example. When I used to work with the midwives in a birthing unit and I was a, 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 um, a postnatal nurse, Um, And I got to be a part of lots of births, lots of new babies, the breastfeeding journey, all of it. It was the height of my career. It was the best part of my nursing career, bar none. Um, And I used to watch this process happen often to women who really were embodied, really feminine women who loved their bodies and were really looking forward, first time, second time, third time, didn't matter, to birthing this baby through their body and enjoying the miracle in nature of what birth is through their body and letting their body just free to um, experience that. And then suddenly something's happened that's caused a decision to have to be made, rightly or wrongly, because something's gone wrong, either for the baby or the mother. So that natural process that they were so um, needing, invested in, expecting, uh, changed really quickly. And to save one or both of their lives, a caesarean was needed. So one, they were completely taken out of their decision-making. Two, felt quite disempowered and afraid and confronted with a lot of uncertainty within those moments. And then that went on and the baby was delivered and both mum and baby are healthy. But bar none, I watched many, many of those mums grieve, deeply grieve, and feel very conflicted in that grief because here's my healthy baby, I'm healthy. Medical science did exactly what I needed and would have expected it to do. But because it was forced upon me, because I had no choice in it, because they were they they had to in some way inside of them acknowledge uh, what they had lost, and it's exactly what Sarah Lee was speaking to, and what you just said so beautifully: the loss of the other option, the loss of the power that they had, rightly or wrongly, that Mm. changed, the change that came in and took away their power to choose in that moment and yet had the most beautiful outcome. And yet there was still something within those women that was very intrinsic, very deep and very primal that needed to grieve and needed to acknowledge what had happened there. And too often, really good midwives will allow space for that. Really, really, and they're few and far between, let me tell you. And I'm not getting <laughs> midwives, let me just say medical professionals. Very few medical professionals are good at catching that 
and acknowledging that for what it is. But the best medical professionals leave room for that because it's so, so important. Because this is, rather than an outcome, this is a process. Mm. And grief is a process. Yes. Grief is such a process. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And a healthy emotion, a very healthy part of who we are. Yes. Absolutely. It reminds us that we're alive, that's for sure, because it has an energy all of its own um, that we're really not in control of, really. So, gosh, what an amazing conversation. So I guess... um, you know, you. the other thing I just want to touch on, we're coming to the end of the conversation, but the other thing I just wanted to touch on before we anchor it all in and round it all off so beautifully, um, Erica, as you spoke about the importance of mindset, um, and, you know, we hear that bandied around, you know, mental health, mindset, healthy mindset, but the way you speak from it is really, really important because you come from a sense of empowerment. So it's a mindset, yes, but it's also a heart set. Can mm. you speak to that for us? What's yes, the heart, I love What's the heart set that we need? I love to that. Yeah. I love that heart set for sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I What you just shared, the example that you just shared then is my, definitely my experience. And um, I am reflecting on that as you're talking and I don't, I didn't have the practices or the, uh, you know, deep spiritual connection that I have today that I had at that time. Yeah. And so it's an interesting one here in terms of decisions and processing decisions. Mm. Um, So I feel like I probably wore that decision with guilt as the the main uh, heaviness perhaps of it for quite some time. And um, this recent decision that that we were talking about earlier, mindset has come into it and, yes, I completely agree that the word mindset is a very buzzy word that is, um, you know, banded around everywhere and... um, for me, mindset is a really deep inquiry into how I am feeling or thinking about the topic at hand. Yeah. And it's very personal. And, um, yes, I have conversations. I, I, I believe that, that stories are healing and I believe that, that um, as you say, this is medicine. This is absolutely mm-hmm. uh, my medicine, definitely. So I do like to talk about these things, but what I've discovered for myself is the ability to inquire into what's right for me. Um, And that's a whole, if I try and explain it, and hopefully this makes sense, but that's a whole bunch of scenarios for myself. If I do this, what does this feel like? What does this look like? Um, What are the actions that come after it? No, I don't have a crystal ball, but I definitely am the only person who knows myself the best in the world, as you know yourself the best in the world. Um, and because of this chaos, if we're sitting in the, the high priestess and we're sitting in the observed space, then we're able to take ourselves out of the question, have a conversation with ourselves about how we are feeling about a situation or a decision or a, a option or an opportunity um, that's presented. And so... The months that took me to lead up to this decision was very much a space, once I got out of resistance, um, was very much a space of of really inquiring in my mind how I think about it 
and how I think about um, my next steps after I've made decision A or decision B. And so I kind of, I guess I feel like I almost did a mind boot camp before I kind of came <laughs> to the, the, the decision because I, I, um, it's not, it, it's the decision that, that gave me the freedom. I didn't have to then think, am I, am I not, am I doing this or that? But, it, but there's another step after that that is, that is a wrangle as well and another step, which is the actions you then take to implement the decision. Um, and so, if you, so for me it really felt like if I'm not comfortable with the decision, then the actions I take after it are going to reflect that and it's going to be more kind of painful processes um, or experiences yeah. um, for myself. So it really, I guess, uh, mindset for me really is about inquiring deeply into how I actually feel about something and being really honest about that. and. Uh, accepting what I choose. So, yeah, it's not foolproof. There's, you know, things still come up along the way, but it's a continual commitment almost. Yeah. Like I it's a made courage. the decision. It's a courage yeah. too because you really will have to stand in your own responsibility because what you were saying earlier too just brings such a segue here because the victim mentality and we're not, look, Every single one of us is conditioned into victimhood and it's easy to fall into. So we're not getting at anyone with that. But when you're in that victim mentality, it's easy to blame everyone else for the fact that this decision's pending. When is, whereas what you're saying is when I take full responsibility for the decision I'm making um, and, and you know realising too that there's a risk on both sides of the scale of that decision, one side, there's a risk if I take that side. There's a risk if I don't take it. There's a risk on both sides. You've just, all that we're doing is mitigating those risks and finding the balance inside of us, not asking it from anyone else. But when you take full responsibility for that, it means you're taking responsibility for what comes after that too. Mm. To a degree, making sure that we're taking care of ourselves within that, mm. but but that's what you're really saying, and that takes courage, Erica, doesn't it? Mm. And all all of this is to a degree because we're yep. not you you're not we're not uh, single beings living Correct. with no one around us. Correct. So all of this is to a degree. Um, always to a degree. Yeah. But you know when you at, there's acceptance, there's surrender in that of owning, as you say, the ability to take those next steps because for me I feel like uh, very, very strongly, and this is why I want to, to do these kind of processes for myself, um, is that I don't want to be taking those next steps in that victim mindset of going, now this is happening to me and now this is happening to me and I never wanted to make that decision in the first place. Um, and so you know, it kind of feels like it's always a looking behind or, or sitting, you're still sitting in the decision, it feels like. Yes. Even though you've made it and move, moving on. And making one decision at a time because, you know, the world at the moment wants us to make this decision and then that decision and then decision, decision, decision. Mm. When actually just, and Sarah Lee, you say this all the time, make the decision that's most pending. Do what's right under your feet now and then you give yourself time and space again to come to whatever other decision you make in that process. And don't get too far ahead. Yeah. 
Exactly. And that's that's the solution right there, Kim, is we're mm-hmm. only required to do the next right thing right now, yep. not tomorrow, no. not next month, not next year. It's like if we all sat with daily making decisions about next year and, and or even next month, you'd be overwhelmed and you'd be consumed Absolutely. with all sorts of, you know, and so that's actually the secret right there. It's not a secret. It's a, it's the solution. <laughs> it's the keep your, keep your head where your feet are and just do the next right thing. Sometimes that's minute by minute. If the yeah. world around you is is going crazy, sometimes it's, you know, uh, I mean, I do it uh, one day at a time, but when, when the heat's on and, you know, you're feeling the pressure, um, it's, sometimes it's one minute at a time yeah. and you're only required to just get through that. You yeah. know that makes life so much more on uh, so much more manageable. That's people can can do that. You know. <laughs> yes, and realize yeah. that you're not alone. I just no. want to wrap the conversation up with the fact that all three of us had different experiences within this process where we reached that level of surrender. We'd walked through the discomfort. We'd weighed all sides and realized that there's risk on both sides of those decisions. And we'd come to a place within ourselves where we sought a response, if you like, uh, a sign. There's another way we could use it from the divine. We sought the divine's uh, energy with us at this point. Um, I'd just love, and I'll start the conversation for me, that showed up hugely um, in coincidences with conversations I was having with other people that were coming to the same point that I was. It showed up um, in dreams I was having, confirming that I'm on the right track, it's not easy, and you'll still have decisions post this to make, but this is the right decision for now. So paying attention... Learning the language of what, rather than who, or we could say who, we're making this decision with, because we're not alone. We have divine guidance with us. So how do we pay attention to that? And how? what sort of ways will the divine speak to us in that decision-making process when we invoke that guidance through prayer, through meditation, through paying attention really gosh I mean straight away it's 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 like I think you have to you have to surrender and and have that open mindset that that you're not alone first and foremost like that's that's is is that you you know you have to acknowledge that you know because then that opens up the realm of of all your guides and Tupuna and Atu and whoever you believe in to to guide you in any decision that you 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 know, you want to make or just to be there. They don't, you know, just to be there and to, and to let you really know that you're not alone. And and to do that, your mind has to be quiet. It can't have the committee of fear and worry and and, and, and your head having the big it all the time, you know, and that's why you don't go in there alone, you know. <laughs> you, you, you've got to go in with your, your spirit team. Otherwise, yeah. you know, um, life's too really too hard to manage, you know. Um yeah, so for me, it's definitely my mind has to be quiet if I want to really hear my intuition, if I want to really hear the inner wisdom that that's happens within me and um, 
and I have to be connected into what my wider was medicine is. So I have to know what that is first. I have to connect with the whenua. That's what my medicine is. I have to go to the moana. I have to go to the ngahere. I have to, you know, I listen to music. That's also another way to to um, connect me, you know, and open my mind to um, hearing the wisdom and the guidance. Yeah. What about you, Erica? What do you do? Um, I... I feel like that I needed to train myself to get into that stillness space. So I started with meditation um, daily and I scheduled it into my day. I, I kind of, before I did anything in the morning, um, I would sit quietly and just be and kind of notice my body and notice the resistance, which I know, know now is resistance, but at the time, you know, like, oh, I've got too much to do. What's going on? Ah, oh, such a good point. So that, <laughs> that, need to, that need to be still or to, you know, hearing about the stillness, I, I remember at that time kind of being like, well, I'm being still but nothing's happening or, you know, I've got to, <laughs> what am I having for dinner or what's happening here or I'm too busy for this. And so it really took a lot of practice to um, do that. And the way that it did work for me was literally scheduling into my days if I was um, a, a certain period of time until it, until you know you're you're able to to just drop in to that yeah. illness. Um, do you know, and- um, Erica? I love that you said you scheduled it into your day because why wouldn't you? It's like we physically look after our teenager. We yeah. physically nourish it with food, with, with kai. We brush our teeth. We, we look after our hair. It's like that's there's a whole spiritual side of our whole wider that that people um, forget that that needs that same love, that same afi, that same acknowledgement and nourishment and daily yeah. attention. It's like, and I think that's that's the solution. It's like it needs daily attention and and um, daily practice, and so. Yeah. Um, like brushing your teeth, and I and I liken it to that because I can't start my day without brushing my teeth. So I also don't start my day without without handing my um, life over to my artwork and asking them to help lead me through the day and and help me um, use their words and help me use their actions and help me, you know, um, you know behave with dignity and grace just for today you know just for today and there's a beautiful fear about that and and I guess what we're talking about is radical self-love because Mm. what every decision in your entire life that you have made that you're in the process of making wherever you are in the process of that decision and that you uh, will make is going to require radical self-love. And that self-love for you may be disciplining your mind and carving out that meditation space first thing in the morning. It may mean uh, turning off the the noise, turning off social media, turning off the television and creating that, that, that vacuum, if you like, of just you and the divine to, to figure this out together. It could be any of those things. The other thing that I want to um, just pop in here is that I was meditating well and truly before I I thought I was. (laughs) And so (laughs) joy, being in a space of creative joy. Yes. um, Yes. Because I used to sew and I would sew for days upon days and I would just be in a very zen space. Yes. And I didn't realise that that 
is meditation, you know. In fact, it's my... more, more meditation than sitting there going, come on, meditation, yeah. hit me, hit me, meditation. Yeah. Because yeah. And I was, it's actually that I was, I was just about to say that because, again, paying attention, what are we paying attention to? When you're sitting there, you know, wherever you are, you could be on a deck, you could be in your garden, and you start to pay attention to a little bee that's flying around and pollinating a flower but giving it your full and utter attention. That's meditation right yeah. there. And when you're paying attention, as Sarah Lee says, to the breath that's flowing in and out of your body and how your body's feeling and what emotions are sitting there, that's meditation. Absolutely. So let's not get it twisted. <laughs> No, you don't. You don't have to have a yoga mat and be all no, zen. No, That's no, not no. That. no, no, not at all. No, you do not have to. So, <laughs> you know, I, I just am so grateful that we have been able to speak from this place while we're all right in the heart of it. I think that this is the exact moment that we need to be having these conversations because they're not prefaced in in theory. We've got no hindsight to apply to it just yet. We will. We will walk, walk through this decision process and come out of it with hindsight. And that will, that is actually the part of the process that is the harvest, right? Because when mm. we harvest that hindsight, we can apply what we've learned through taking this decision process consciously every single moment, being present with every single part of the process for good, for bad, for right, for wrong. We can apply the understandings and the awareness that show up in the hindsight, that show up in the harvest to the next lot of decisions that we will make going forward. So you see, all that we're being asked to do here is stay conscious, stay present, and apply really, really rigorous self-love in every moment. And love yourself through it. Amen. That's it. Um, Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I think that's such a beautiful place to leave the conversation. And I just want to thank Erica, who has been our incredibly amazing spiritual guest today, special guest today. Um, You've added so much value and beauty and dignity um, and love to the conversation, Erica, which we knew you would. Um, And it's just been an absolute honour sitting here with you. And Sarah Lee, as always, my partner in crime... (laughs) My partner <laughs> in spiritual crime. <laughs> it's always wonderful to share this space with you. So thank you very much, ladies. And we really hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you want to check us out, you'll find us at www.divinespark.net. And the other podcasts are there as well. Have a listen to them. And we will see you in two Sundays' time. Bye for now, everyone. Take care. Thanks. Thanks, ladies. Kakite. Kakite. Thank you. Bye.